So welcome City Harbor Church. We're glad that we can be together today. Um, this Sunday is the beginning of the Advent season, uh, which is where we remember and celebrate the anticipated arrival of Jesus. Uh, his birth, um, daily in our personal relationship with him, and as we look forward to his return. And I'm so thankful that Jesus brings good news. Aren't, aren't you? I'm thankful that Jesus brings good news. Jesus brings good news of freedom and clarity. And the uh, origin of the Christmas wreath is actually sourced around that idea of hope forever. Hope without end. That Jesus brings hope that will last forever. That is eternal. Like a circle that doesn't come to an end. It's good news unlimited. And I don't know, city kids, if you're familiar with a gnu or pronounced new, it's a, another word for a wildebeest. Do you guys see that on the screen up there? Can you see the gnu? So good news unlimited. It's a new is a, a type of a wildebeest and it's that good news of freedom and clarity that Jesus brings. And we're going to start this morning looking at Luke chapter 4, uh, verses 14 through 21. And Jesus returned to Galilee filled with the Holy Spirit's power. Reports about him spread quickly throughout the whole region. Now, it's important for us to understand where we are in the story, right? Jesus had a notable miracle birth, this anticipated, predicted arrival, a relatively normal childhood, and he went through a period of temptation. He also went through, a, um, yet without sin, he also was water baptized. And at his water baptism, what we saw was this picture of the Trinity, of God the Father who spoke out loud. God the Father spoke out loud, this is my Son in whom I am well pleased. The favor that Father God had on Jesus the Son. Also, what we saw in that moment was the Holy Spirit. God the Holy Spirit at work. There was an empowerment of Jesus in that moment. And that's what has just happened where we get this verse. He has been now filled with the Holy Spirit's power. He taught regularly in their synagogues and was praised by everyone. Now, he came to the village of Nazareth, his boyhood home. Now, it's important for us to, to note this. He went as usual to the synagogue on the Sabbath and stood up to read the scriptures. It was a, a, a tradition that whoever was teaching would stand to read the scripture and then sit down to teach about it and to have a discussion about it. The scroll of the prophet Isaiah was handed to him. He unrolled the scroll and found the place where this was written. So Jesus chooses what verse to read on this day. And in this century, the synagogues, it was a place. And sometimes it was a room in somebody's home that was dedicated for this purpose. And then sometimes it was a separate structure if there was enough people that would get together and build it. And like the, what you see in the pictures here, it's a a kind of a community center. It was a place that they would come together 
on a regular basis, more than once a week, they would come together. Uh, it was really their community center, the place where they celebrated life, where they got together, a place where they would certainly grow in their faith and, and learn more in their faith as well. And this is an example, this is of what a first century uh, synagogue would have looked like. And there's just barely a little bit of it left in Nazareth. And on the inside, it would look like this, just over a semicircle where they could face each other, where they could read the scripture. And so this is the type of setting, whether it would be a synagogue that was a room in somebody's home that was dedicated for it or a separate structure. This would have been the basic setting that you can see on the screen here where Jesus would have read from this passage in Isaiah. And it's recorded for us because it's still beneficial to us of what it speaks to what Jesus is saying He went as usual to the synagogue. He picked this passage in Isaiah. The Spirit of the Lord is upon me, for He has anointed me to bring good news to the poor. He has sent me to proclaim that captives will be released, that the blind will see, that the oppressed will be set free, and that the time of the Lord's favor has come. And that phrase is especially a predicted day of salvation that, that was set forth. He rolled up the scroll, handed it back to the attendant, and sat down. All the eyes in the synagogue looked at him intently. Dramatic pause. Then he began to speak to them. He started his teaching with these words. The scripture you've just heard has been fulfilled this very day. Jesus is saying that the prophet Isaiah was looking forward to him. In this prophecy that God was on Jesus, God the Father, God the Holy Spirit, there was what was being taught, what was being said, what Jesus was saying that they were hearing, that they were writing down, that they were learning from, was literally Jesus the Son who had been with the Father all throughout human history, who had observed, who had been involved with what was going on all throughout human history, now is literally the voice of the living God. He's saying, God is on me, and I'm going to speak. I'm going to bring good news. God is involved with this bringing of good news. This has been fulfilled this very day. This is a significant moment. This is kind of like Clark Kent revealing the Superman S, right? That's, it's this, Jesus is saying, I'm here. I'm here now. This is God's day of salvation. And this is what it includes. Think about it like this. All right, so City Kids, this is our time to imagine the best possible gift. What would be the best possible gift? Our older City Kids are thinking about an iPhone 13 or... Maybe it's something different, right? What is that best possible gift that would, you would value the most, be the most excited about, be the happiest about? Jesus is saying, I am here bringing good news. And it's amazing because Jesus is bringing good news and it is a gift. The most valuable gift And Jesus was involved with creating the gift. Don't you know that your Amazon driver didn't create that gift? He wasn't in the back of that van with a 3D printer making that gift. 
Jesus has been involved with the creation of the gift of salvation, of new spiritual life. This gift that's more valuable than any other. And this is what we're looking at today. Jesus brings good news. Good news for the poor. And I want to ask, can we respond even better than Ebenezer Scrooge? I think it's possible. Jesus brings good news. Let's make sure we're clear on what exactly. And we can take from the words of Jesus what that means, what's involved with it, right? This is what Jesus said. And this quote from Luke 24 is what he was. It says it's a summary of what he was teaching all over. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. I don't know about you, that's significant to me. I've made mistakes in my life. I don't want to walk around carrying the mistakes of my past as being essentially linked to my identity, as being the things that God looks at me through, as the mistakes that I made that were so bad that God would say, I can't even be in the same room with you. No, through Jesus Christ, there has been made a way for spiritual cleansing that the mistakes of the past would be clean, that the moral guilt would be clean, that the relationship could be brought into a right standing relationship with God. This is what Jesus taught all over. This is something that we must be in our daily relationship with God thinking about. This is the message that Jesus taught. This is the good news. There's forgiveness of sins for all who repent. Jesus said, for God loved the world so much that he gave his one and only son so that everyone who believes in him will not perish but have eternal life. And what we see is that the people who were there, who heard Jesus taught, they continued to teach this wherever they were going. It was clear. It had changed their lives for the good. There was a difference that was made. Everyone who believes in him will have their sins forgiven through his name. This was what they taught. This was what they were talking about wherever they went. Jesus brought this good news. And it's good news for the poor. And as often in the case with Jesus' teaching, there's multiple aspects to this. So let's look at a couple of those aspects of good news for the poor. What we see in Jesus' teaching, the longest message that we have recorded, we see Luke chapter 6, verse 20. Jesus teaches, God blesses you who are poor, for the kingdom of God is yours. And we come to understand a twofold meaning to this. One of the meanings is when you are poor in spirit, poor a recognition that you're missing something. A recognition that you're yearning for something more. A recognition that something's broken, that there's an emptiness. When we recognize that we're not it, we're not the ultimate, that we are seeking fulfillment, when we recognize that, our recognition, when we turn from toxic selfishness, when we turn from that, we are spiritually poor. When we turn then to trust God, believing that in God there is all that we could need and more than enough. That God, that actually at the end of the day, it's not about me. Hello? Have you lived long enough to realize it's not about me? Right? There is something bigger in this world. There is something greater in this world. It does involve me, but it's not all about me. That's a part of growing up, right? God blesses you are poor for the kingdom of God is yours. God brings fulfillment and happiness to those who recognize their spiritual need for God and choose to trust God. I remember as a teenager, 
City kids, maybe you've, maybe you've seen this or heard this. I remember as a teenager when I first heard the song, I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And right now it's playing on a trailer for an animated movie. It spoke to me as a teenager. I still haven't found what I'm looking for. And the song talks a little bit about interacting with Jesus and also trying to find fulfillment in other types of relationships, interacting with what's good, interacting with what's evil. And the song moves people. It speaks to people. It draws a response to people because there is a, a yearning in the human spirit. There's a yearning in the human spirit for something else. And, and Bono and you 2 and they wrote that song. They, they wrote it and they arranged it to be like their gospel song. At where they were, they had, they had interacted with Jesus and yet were spiritually immature and they were still yearning for something else. And this is what Bono said, you don't become a rock star unless you've got something missing somewhere. Pascal called it the God-shaped hole. Everyone's got one, but some are blacker and wider than others. It's a feeling of being abandoned, cut adrift in space and time. There can be a yearning in the human spirit. There can be a brokenness in the human spirit. And sometimes it's, it feels almost impossible for us to articulate what it is. Sometimes, whether it be expressed at times in pain, in, in depression, discouragement, in anger, in frustration, in other things, it can be really difficult for us to unravel it. There's a yearning for something else. There's a yearning for something more. I think at times it's important for us to ask these two questions that I have on the screen here. In what ways am I looking for something more? We can't grow spiritually if we're not willing to ask some good questions. In what ways am I, yearn am I looking for something more? And then I think we should follow it with this question. In what ways is Jesus the answer to my longing? I think sometimes we can feel stuck in life. We can feel like we're spinning our tires. We can get frustrated and discouraged. There can be things where we, we end up looking at the obstacles, the problems, the pain, the challenges in life, in ourselves, in our homes, in our neighborhoods or workplaces, more than we are looking to God. And sometimes when we will stop looking down and start looking up, we can find surprising solutions, surprising fulfillment and overflow of love, joy, peace. In what ways is Jesus the answer to my longing? Because I guarantee you, Jesus is inexhaustible, doesn't run out, is faithful, doesn't quit, hasn't abandoned us, is the, is the source of love, hope, peace, and joy. God knows what's best for us. God can unravel the good and bad from within our yearning. There's mixture in the human spirit, right? There's yearning and desire, some things that are healthy and some things that are unhealthy. Sometimes we can be hitting the pie a little too hard. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like you eat too much pie and it gets unhealthy. Right? So sometimes in the human spirit, we have yearning that is healthy and yearning that is unhealthy. But God is the one who can help unravel that. So Jesus brings good news to those who are poor in spirit. But Jesus also brings good news for those who are poor in resources. Jesus teaches generosity from us to those who are in need. It's very clear and it's very important. And I actually find that a lot of people that are frustrated 
with things that they're focused on themselves actually are not activating generosity and giving to others and recognizing the need of others around them. This is what Jesus said, give to those who ask and don't turn away from those who want to borrow. Now Jesus is not talking about emptying yourself so that you have no resources so that you don't have something to eat, but he is teaching a courageous generosity, he is teaching looking out and paying attention to what's going on. I like this this teaching from Jesus as well. When you put on a luncheon or a banquet, he said, don't invite your friends, brothers, relatives, and rich neighbors, for they will invite you back. He's talking about your motives, and that will be your only reward. Instead, invite the poor, the crippled, the lame, and the blind. Then at the resurrection of the righteous in eternity, God will reward you for inviting those who could not repay you. If we will be on the lookout for those around us who have need, and make sure that our motive doesn't get us to only be generous with people who are going to repay us, but if we'll be generous with those who are likely to not repay us, God rewards that kind of generosity. As we receive what God has for us, we become more generous with others. We should be preparing for opportunities to give. We should be on the lookout to anyone who is in need. A God idea is that The world of the selfish gets smaller and smaller. The world of the generous gets larger and larger. We should be on the lookout. Jesus brings good news, and it's good news for the poor. Now I want to talk about, can we respond better than Ebenezer Scrooge? You may be familiar with Charles Dickens' story in 1843, A Christmas Carol. This is how he described the character Ebenezer Scrooge. The cold within him froze his old features, nipped his pointed nose, shriveled his cheeks, stiffened his gait, made his eyes red, his thin lips blue, and spoke out shrewdly in his grating voice, Bah, humbug. Well, what happens in the story, right? He has these dreams of Christmas past, present, and future. He learns the error of his ways recognizes pain from the past, recognizes the impact of his toxic selfishness, recognizes that he had been holding on, shrinking in his world, getting smaller and smaller. And whether it be through the impact of COVID or other things, for a lot of us, the world has been getting smaller and smaller, circle getting tighter and tighter, our focus getting down and and, and to ourselves. But there's issues at play, but Ebenezer Scrooge learned He learned the error of his ways, the impact of finding safety and fulfillment in the pursuit of his business and looking out for resources, right? He was changed. He was transformed. He responded. He realized that he needed to start to provide for the others, provide for the needs of others and enjoy time with others. He realized that Oh yeah, I should. it's a good thing to spend time with other people, to be willing to be in the room with other people and to provide for their needs. I wonder, can we realize that we may be focusing our longing on that which will not bring us fulfillment? This is just a part of what it is to be human. A part of what it is to be human is to at times focus our longing, our yearning, on things that are not going to bring ultimate fulfillment. Sure, it won't make us happy for a little while, and then it fades. And then we need it again, or we need something more. 
I wonder if we can realize that we may be focusing our longing on that which will not bring us fulfillment. And selfishness is certainly included in that, right? We should consider that God knows what is best for us. This includes this good news of Jesus, right? Let's focus on Jesus. This season, let's anticipate the arrival of Jesus. Every day, are you looking for Jesus? Are you starting your morning with some Jesus relationship focus? Did you know that you were designed for relationship time with God every day? Your spirit was designed for relationship time with God every day. Every day. If we focus on Jesus, this anticipated arrival of Jesus every day, I'm going to interact with Jesus today. I can find Jesus in the pages of of the New Testament. I can find Jesus in the pages of the Bible. I can interact with God. Jesus is... The Son is such an essential part of that. Let's focus on the arrival of Jesus in our hearts each day so that we're growing in a confident hope of His return and the way that when He returns, it'll bring an ultimate fulfillment to what we are yearning for, that which we do not yet see in our broken world, right? With a confident hope, let's look forward to the return of Jesus on this earth. God is most valuable. God is most valuable. Nothing else in this world, right? May we recognize the value in every person and opportunity in every day to share the love of Jesus. When you wake up in the morning, immediate thought, God is love. Today, there are opportunities. Today, there are opportunities. No matter the perceived constraints, no matter the schedule of the day. Every day there are opportunities. May we recognize the value in every person we see, that we know, an opportunity in every day to share the love of Jesus. The people God has put around us are more valuable than gold. Do you believe that? No matter how they talk, how they smell, how they behave, how they treat you, People are the eternal investment. People are your gold. God is most valuable, and people are your gold. Every day you have opportunities. So will we be like Ebenezer, with the world getting smaller and smaller, focused on ourselves, our own problems, and a coldness creeping up? Or will we not waste our whole lives more focused on ourselves than we are on God and aware of others? Are we going to hoard Jesus? Keep Jesus to ourselves? Our most valuable gift? Are we going to open our most valuable gift? Are we going to share our most valuable gift? Because listen, it's good news unlimited. And good news unlimited. Think about that. When you share the good news with somebody else, it does not diminish the good news that you've already received for yourself. If I, if I take my phone out and I give it away, I don't have it anymore. Right? And sometimes we can, we can actually treat the good news like that as well. But the reality is, is that good news is unlimited and when we give it away, not only is it not diminished within us, the other person is blessed, 
But also what happens is our own enjoyment, our own fulfillment with the good news is expanded. When you tell someone else about something good that they can enjoy, a, a place to get food, when you tell someone else about something, then your, your, your enjoyment of it is fulfilled. It's the same thing with the good news of Jesus. When you share the good news, you become more fulfilled. When you hear yourself, when you hear yourself talk about Jesus, the good news of Jesus for the poor, what Jesus is like, when you hear yourself, your spirit gets encouraged, your spirit gets lifted. You start to realize that the challenges of today, the problems of today are not as big as we feel like they are. You are reminded of how fulfilling, how loving, how wonderful Jesus is, how good God has already been to you. No matter the problems of today, no matter the challenges of today, your own enjoyment is increased. And then it gives the other person a chance, an opportunity to experience the gift, to enjoy the gift, for the gift to be fulfilled in them. And then it's set up to multiply. We, as a church family, are going to grow in this way. We will not grow. We will not see the answers. The things that we yearn, the things that we long for, for us as a church family, are not going to happen without this. It's not going to happen without this. It's not going to happen if you don't activate this principle. If I don't activate this principle. I'm so glad that we do. I'm so glad that we are. I'm so glad that that's a hallmark of who we are. God is most valuable. People are gold. Jesus brings good news. Good news to the poor. From Jesus we gain a fresh perspective on life. What we value what we appreciate. We gain graciousness and generosity. Jesus brings good news. Good news for the poor. Freedom. It's freedom and clarity. This, this just few verses in Isaiah are so incredibly meaningful. So incredibly meaningful. I want to close the time of the message with a word of prayer. And then I'm going to give an opportunity for you to share. Have a kind of an open testimony time to talk about the goodness of God, the grace of God, what you've been thankful for that comes from God or an answer to prayer. We're going to give an opportunity for that today. Let's pray. God, I thank you so very much that you loved us so much that you shared through Jesus your love. Thank you that you've given us an opportunity to have our sins forgiven, our mistakes wiped away, to receive new spiritual life from you. Thank you, God. You, you bring us fulfillment. You bring us opportunities that in every day there is a fresh opportunity. Lord, forgive us for where we make mistakes. Help us today to have fresh hope, fresh joy, fresh encouragement. Help us to see opportunities. Help us to prepare to meet those opportunities so that we can share your love, share resources, share the good news of Jesus. We love you, God, today. In Jesus' name, amen.